a world filled with fast-paced living and constant demands on the aging body, it's easy to forget some of the simplest yet most essential elements of our well-being, hydration and nutrients. As you know, when I'm not in the studio recording a podcast or in the gym or out in the scrub hunting, putting rounds downrange, I'm somewhere in the world on a security gig, putting in the hard yards, ending up on TikTok. So legends that get some, keep me advancing forward, Jocko Fuel Supplements. More specifically, I've been smashing the Jocko Hydrate Sachets, which helps me replenish my electrolytes and other critical vitamins while boosting energy and supporting recovery. Also, just like my kids, my appetite for veggies goes as far as hot chips from the kernel. However, every morning I'll mix a scoop of Jocko Greens, Jocko Creatine into water, which helps me supplement my lack of and delivers all the nutrients for better gut health, immune support, cognitive function, and physical performance. And not to mention, tastes bloody good. So head over to www.getsome.com.au and use the code Zero Limits all in caps for a discount. I'll leave you with this for the day. Hard work, clean fuel, stronger, faster, smarter, better. Let's go. You're listening to a Zero Limits podcast brought to you by Two Ravens Tactical. Your hosts are Australian veterans Matt and Shane and we're here to give you the motivation to accomplish any goal you set your mind to. On these podcasts, we're going to be speaking to high-charging people with a zero-limit mindset that never say no. Let's go. On this episode of Zero Limits Podcast, we have New Zealand Jed Milden, nicknamed The Warrior. Long known to the New Zealand riding community as a solid shredder with a madman go-for-it philosophy. A former welder, he has invested everything he has into Franklin Farm, an action sports facility he owns that is like a Woodward camp for New Zealand. He hasn't slowed down since making history in 2011 with the BMX triple backflip, which had mainly changed the game for all his peers. At the same time, he was working as a welder and he convinced a local McDonald's to drop the cash for the Guinness World Records application. Video of his success immediately went viral and it wasn't long before the biggest names in the game came calling. He followed that up in 2015 with the world first BMX quadruple backflip during what was being called the biggest week in action sports history. Ladies and gentlemen, Jed Milden. On today's Zero Limits podcast, we are chatting to a fellow Kiwi from across the dit. How are you, brother? Yeah, all good. Oh, yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, Jed, sure. Jed Milden, uh, obviously... Uh, BMX uh, extraordinaire and uh, all-round legend. And as we can see in the background of the uh, the video here, we got some uh, Guinness World Records and a photo of you doing the quaddy. Is that the quaddy or the triple? Oh, that's the triple, that one. Ah, okay. You need to update that one, brother. I haven't got my um, positioning right. Yeah, Yeah, right. So, you know, we'll start off with um, if you could just give us a quick spiel on – who Jed Milton is and where he uh, where he grew up, you know, and basically, you know, a quick buy on yourself. Oh yeah, uh, this is very on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I'm Jed Milton. Um, oh, now known as a BMX rider for Nitro Circus, but um, grew up in a little town called Topo. Um, and then yeah, we we're always just trying to get out and think outside the square. And yeah, grew up playing rugby. Um, real good family, um, eldest child of six. Um, yeah, had everything under the sun from mum and dad. They worked really hard and um, gave us the best possible life, uh, yeah, the best possible opportunity at life um, they could give. Like my dad's a panel beater. Yeah, right. Um, and he worked his ass off. Like he's eating once a day. And like, like I said, I'm the eldest of six. So he was, he was only eating once a day to bring us up. And mum was a nurse. So she was hustling real hard and, um, yeah, they did a real good job, and yeah, um, 
now ride BMX bikes for a living. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Courtesy of mum and dad being such hard workers and yeah, give us all good, real good work ethics, yeah. Yeah, right. So, you know, when did you first, you know, I guess, you know, we're around the same age and, uh, you know, back in those days it was pushies, mongoose. Um, you know those type of bikes, and if you Power weren't riding, yeah, if you weren't riding a BMX bike, you were either on a skateboard or rollerblades. Um, so when did you pick up your first, you know, uh, BMX bike? I'd say if if it was a BMX bike, or were you a rollerblader? <laughs> I actually was a rollerblader at one point. <laughs> Shout out Chris Happy. Shout out to Chris Happy. <laughs> yeah, Happy. Um, no, I got a bike when I was six years old. Uh, no, I'll never forget it. It was a Christmas present, and um, that was like my first point of freedom, like out around town. There's only like people, so it's a pretty small town, but that was our first big access out into the world. And um, then I just met like-minded people, and um, yeah, I think I got my first BMX when I was 14. Oh no, 10 or 11. Um, but I only got that because I left my mountain bike at school, and I yeah. went home and I built. Yeah, I went home and I built a jump, and then I went looking for my mountain bike. And it was gone, and then I retracted my memory. I was like, "Dope! Oh, I left my mountain bike at school." I walked back to school, and it was gone. So then I had to save up mowing lawns and doing dishes. And um, about six months later, bought my first BMX. So it was kind of a good thing I left behind. Yeah, right. That's uh, that's awesome. So when did you enter yeah. your first comp? Uh, were you still at school, or were you just sort of screwing around the skate park with all your boys? Um, and you just were sort of better than all, all your mates, or they were like, "Yeah, Jay, you're the fucking man, bro. You can fucking do it." No, no, what? No, my hometown had some of the best riders um, in the country. Um, yes, yeah, so I was real lucky. Like, you know, you are your surroundings and uh, you surround yourself with. So that's kind of what I built up to be. But my first competition, um, I actually, funny enough, um, the first kind of like main gig was uh, a show. Um, it was here where I live now um, in Tauranga, um with a couple of guys I'm still real good friends with. Um, yeah, so, but then the first competition, I can't quite remember the first competition, but I do remember doing shows and making people happy and, and entertaining. Happy that days. was my first like big kick. Yeah, it definitely. Like, oh, people are stoked at us just cranking and hitting this jump. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, when you were a kid, did you look up to the likes of Matt Hoffman and uh, Dave Mirror? Um, well, it was firstly when I first started when I was a rollerblader. <laughs> um, it was it was Ato and Takeshi Yoshitoto, yeah, um, two Japanese rollerbladers that we funnily enough got to go meet and hang out with in Japan. Um, I was quite gobsmacked when that happened, but um, it was, and then it was obviously Travis Ostrano. Like, I never forget the day he double backflipped at X Games. I couldn't even backflip my BMX then, and that made me go out and like build a jump and try and backflip. I was like, man, if he's doing double flips on his dirt bike, I'm backflipping my BMX. Yeah, but um, yeah, I definitely looked up to Dave Mirror and um, and like Ryan Nyquist and Matt Hoffman, and then we had all the Aussies because uh, we had a competition called Vodafone X here, and yeah. um, like Gertler and Parslow and Corey Bowen and um, all those guys used to come over to New Zealand, and and we ended up rubbing shoulders with them like at a real uh, young age. So. Yeah, I was quite lucky enough to um, know my heroes. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, Parslow, you're talking about, um, what's his first name? Yeah, Luke. Luke, yeah, that's I, it. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good guy. Yeah, fast forward a, a few guy. years, I ended up living with him in America. Yeah, right. Was, um, yeah, yeah. So I went to America when I was 20, and then 20 to about 24, like I paid my own way over in America, and that's who I'd stay with for three months of the year. Yeah. And um, he kind of took me under his wing, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, 
what did you have any other jobs before you were BMX? Obviously, you're sort of, I wouldn't say you're new to it, but um, did you have a previous life before you become an action sports athlete? Yeah, so when I left school, I, uh, I left school to fund my BMX career, but I became a fabricator welder. Oh, yeah. um, and then it was firstly in structural, and then it was secondly in um, geothermal, so like high pressure um, steam welding. And, yeah, right. um, yeah, loved it. I was actually welding today. Doing some oh, yeah. doing some panel beating doing some panel beating on my digger. <laughs> yeah, I can still smell burnt flesh. Actually, <laughs> the grinder fell out my hand and um, oh, no. cut up my arm. <laughs> Look, it looks like yeah, a resi so, burn. Yeah, but it was lucky it was a flapper disc. Otherwise, if it was a cutting disc, it would have cut my arm off. Yeah. Um, so, do you, are you back at the uh, the parents' farm, or you got your own sort of farmland down there? Uh, no, so the farm that I um, built jumps on is the Franklin farm. It's Nick Franklin's parents' farm. Yeah. Um, l- lucky enough. Otherwise, right now I'm living with my girlfriend in Tauranga. Yeah. yeah, right. And just for people that are uh, listening, you know, Nick Franklin, FMX. Yeah, so Nick Franklin's like the godfather of action sports in New Zealand. Yeah. He was like mm. the first, one of the first five uh, FMX riders in the world to be backflipping, yeah, and that's what he made a career yeah. on. And like, he's the first uh, New Zealand Red Bull athlete for yeah. freestyle, yeah. rode for Red Bull for about fifteen years. And so such, that's such kind a, of such a humble guy too. Like, I've met him a few times. Obviously, he's ridden a few shows, and man, like every time I see him, you know, we have a we sit down for a good hour and just just talk talk dirt. You know, like it's great. He's such a good person. Yeah, he, he, and I live in the same town as him now too. So he's he's very unassuming and yes, super humble. Yeah, yeah, Happy right. Days. For every, for everyone throughout the world, uh, whereabouts are you located in relation to Wellington or Auckland? Like how far a drive away? So you're on the, the North Island, oh, pretty, obviously. Yeah, pretty yeah. much in the middle. Okay, so I live in the mm. bay, in the Bay of Plenty at the moment. Um, Lovely. It's in Tauranga. Uh Wellington's probably. Uh, Five six hour drive, and then Auckland's maybe a three three hour drive. Yeah. So yeah. you're blues or a uh, hurricane supporter? <laughs> um, I don't know. I haven't really watched rugby for a while, but I used to like the blues, um, yeah, and I also used to like the hurricanes. So yeah, I don't know. I suppose any oh, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. I suppose any any sport you go to in New Zealand, it's just rugby, rugby, you know? Yeah, you guys might do soccer here and there, but uh, you go there. I've been there a few times, and they just rugby now, like mad, sorry. They're just absolutely bonkers about it. It's just, it's nuts. I went to the Navy base at uh, Philomel there across the port, across the harbour. Oh, yeah. And uh, we got we got thrashed by your Colts team. Then we play your your men's team in like the Navy team. We absolutely pumped there, you know? And like, they're just a different breed of players. They're just absolutely mental. But uh, so did you play growing up, you said before? Yeah, yeah, I played for 13 years. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I actually had all my schooling paid for um, to play rugby. And like, I just Lovely. played first of Dean first time when I was 14. So, yeah, yeah very I young. Had to, age. Play against, like, had to play against grown ass men when I was 14. It was yeah. petrifying, but it was <laughs> what, all good. What school was that, Jed? <laughs> uh, Topolnui was my first of Dean, uh, first, first of Dean year. Yep. When I was fourteen, and then I felt like I'd like conquered that school, so I was like, "I want to go to boarding school." Yeah. <laughs> so I got um, mum and dad um, asked where I wanted to go, and then I went to a boarding school in Auckland called Sacred Heart. Oh yeah, and then I played there for the next three years. Yeah. Happy days. Did you play with any uh, current or ex All Black players, or throughout throughout your schooling? Uh, um, my locking partner when I was in fifth form was the late Curtis Ho. He went on to be really good. Yeah. Um, played for the Blues and whatnot, and then. Um, Ben Afiaki was who I prop mm. behind. 
I believe he's the Māori All Blacks coach, Ford coach now. Oh, nice. And then um, James Somerset was on the wing. He played for the Sevens. Yeah. So, yeah. It's and then um, I think like Nili Latu and stuff played a few years after me. And they all became all blacks. Yeah, yeah sick. Happy yeah, days. Sick. All right. Well, um, I just want to go yeah. back to um, Franklin Farm um, just to expand on that a bit. With you know, obviously uh, Nick started it all, and you know, when did you basically? I wouldn't say take over, but you know, start using it as your your base for training. Um. Well, it is a real long story, so I'll shorten it. But um, Nick and I basically became friends maybe 2010. And that was around when the triple flip idea was being thrown thrown about around the world. Yeah. And um, then I heard a couple other guys on the trip that Nick and I got put on the same plane with to a competition because we both rode for unit at the time. Um, they told me that this guy overseas was wanting to do it. And then that's when I'd already had the ideas of wanting to do it. And then um, Nick offered me the farm. And then, yeah, basically the rest is history. So I've been building out there since about 2010. And then um, – we had yeah. scaffold at the time yep. to build a roll into the foam pit, and then we came up when I got some money from another sponsor um, to build the towers and make it a bit more yeah. of a, a permanent the, facility. Yeah. And just to, for the for the listeners, the towers are made out of forty foot shipping containers, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're, and, they're, and they're funnily enough or cool enough, they're from um, the arena. Oh, the shipping disaster. The one that went erect. Yeah. No yeah. way. No way. Yeah. How does, like, I First guess, phone call I made. <laughs> I guess, you know, like yeah. here in Australia, mate, if we were to construct something like that, they would, you know, the government and councils would lose <laughs> their shit. How do, how, do you get, how do you get around it? Do they just turn a blind eye or is it just? Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but it's all done properly. Like it's all done by engineering friends. Oh, it is. And we, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So like it was like, well, you we need to use 12 mil bolts for here. So we're like, sweet. We use 24 mil bolts. Yeah. Gotcha. I right, need to use 10 mil plate for here. Oh, sweet. We use 20 mil plate. Yeah. Gotcha. Just we basically just upped it. everything. And then um, it's 10 years later now, it's still standing. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the height of, you know, at the top of that? Um, So it's 40 foot and then it's probably in the ground, maybe six foot. Yeah. It's rough. It's about 50 foot. Yeah. All up, I think that's like 15 meters. Because you got a bit of scaff on top, don't you? I remember we watched watched the video before. You got a bit oh, of scaff on top. Nah, welded a frame. Oh, it is a frame. Okay, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought being a you know, key, bloody keyway, you was all like scaffed up. <laughs> yeah, your bloody nah, puzzy. the scaffolding was expensive, so I just we just did what we knew and welded stuff. Right. So yeah. where where did the idea come to use them? Because it is actually a, a very clever. Way, way to do it, you know, because you just look at Travis's and he just digs, digs a hole out the ground and he just lays that, lays that trench with uh, plywood or whatever. Um, but you just like, well, we can't go under it, you know, so we'll just, we'll, we'll just build, build up. Uh, it was actually that trip I just said about when I was with Nick. Um, yeah. That's what he came up with, but I couldn't afford it at the time. I'm like, can't really do that. But the sponsor that we had, our unit, well, they paid for the scaffold tower. And then, yeah, when it come time to doing it permanently, then we reverted back to that idea. That were just seen the most logical and the most easiest, and I had access to cranes, and yeah. we were welders, so we we Makes yeah, sense. had engineering friends, so we just knew what to do. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, so going back, it to- took us sorry, oh, it took yeah. us eight days from having absolutely zero, yeah, like, nothing, right. no containers even there. It took us eight days to get that everything erected. Did you have any plans, or did you just go, oh fuck it, we just wing it? <laughs> yeah, on bits of paper. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the, just drawings, were the, they? The, the, the reason it took so bad to get it done so quickly is because Nitro started in nine days, oh. <laughs> and I had to learn. The, and I had to learn a trick that um, I knew if I could get it, it would it would be like 
mean as it would be like groundbreaking. That was the double backflip tail. It would be groundbreaking if I could do it on that tour. So yeah. I had one afternoon to practice it <sighs> and then went on that tour and then did it at the you end of that it. tour. Yeah, yeah, nice. Mad. So that was like a drive, yeah. Yeah, so, um, you know, moving on from the Franklin Farm and then um, obviously, you know, what, what what year were we talking this all started? Sorry again. Uh, 2010, that happened. And then, uh, oh, no, that was the triple flip. And then 2011, the triple flip happened. And then 2012, into um, 2012, I built the um, towers. Yeah. And then I think started 2000, no, yeah, started 2013 was Nitro. Yeah, so you, you did the first yeah. ever triple backflip on a BMX bike and you did that at Franklin Farm. Um, I practiced it there, yeah, and then I ended up doing it in Topol. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And obviously Guinness Book of World Records, uh, first yeah. triple flip ever. And, uh, you know, you know, these days now, as you know, there's guys out there just stomping triples like it's no tomorrow. So, yeah. and then obviously in 2015, <laughs> you decided to step it up a notch. But before we get to that, we want to, you know, just build up back on from where you got into, or I guess you did your first X Games in 2011. Yeah, yeah. So That's after the triple flip, I basically got invited to every comp in the world. So did you yeah. upload the video to YouTube or f- Facebook at the time, or even MySpace? Uh, uh, yeah, MySpace? it was on went on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. No, um, Unit did it. Did okay, it right, right. So through Unit, they obviously put it out there to the whole world to see. Um, and then Travis got in contact with with you about it, or with you? Did, did uh, you Dove, Dove did actually. Yeah. Okay. And what, what what was your thoughts when when that when, it, when he contacted you? Were you just like, yeah, fuck yeah? Or were you just like, what the fuck? Or you didn't know at the time he was going to contact you? Did he do it via email or through through unit? Then they, they just got your phone number? Um, I, oh, I, I do remember getting an email. I can't remember exactly how the email came about, but I was pretty stoked. But um, who the person that emailed me like five days after it happened was Matt Hoffman. Oh, yeah. no shit. <laughs> Matt Hoffman emailed me. I was like, is <laughs> this for real? Is this Matt Hoffman emailing me? And he invited me to X Games. I'm like, that is, is cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. Far out. Matt Hoffman's emailing me. I was a bit dumbfounded. Yeah. Yeah, right. And then um, obviously <laughs> yeah. you competed in all those comps that year. And how did you go? Were you successful in those comps? And Oh, no. I wasn't really, I didn't really feel like I was, a, like, definitely wasn't at the X Games level. I didn't have the quarter pipe stuff, but yeah. I did throw down on the big jump. Yeah. But, um, uh, I think I qualified for Jew Tour that year or maybe the year before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely qualified for Jew Tour one of those years. Yeah, and um, then since you haven't been on any other competition since, you know, it's not it's not really you, is it? No, no, no. I'm you know, I just love the show. I never really um pushed into having stuff like consistently in a row. Yeah. yeah. I was just more I've kind of found my forte of just wanting to just bang stuff out. Yeah. And um that's what I like from early on. Like I had the tricks earlier on to put down runs um like yeah had won heaps of stuff in new zealand i won my first and won my first ever international competition in um brisbane that i ever went into yeah um but just kind of changed direction once all the so- show stuff come up yeah of and course that was kind of my so, forte yeah, yeah so 2013 you started touring with uh nitro and when was the first time you uh, met tp travis that year at his house was yeah right pretty oh, wild, nice. yeah. yeah that's yeah that's yeah, pretty yeah. Cool. Yeah, it was pretty loose. Yeah, I was pretty stoked, pretty surreal. Yeah, and still, I'm still always kind of gobsmacked when I have yarns. I'm the same, you know, like it's funny because I watched uh, Nitro Circus on, you know, MTV when it first came out and, you know, seeing Tommy, Joe and 
uh, you know, Eric and Trav, you know what I mean? Like it was just, and then I started working with them and, you know, I'm just, I'm the big brother. I look after everyone. <laughs> cool. And, uh, you know, right. yeah, so still, I still get gobs back, you know. It's Travis Pastrana, mate. Like he's, yeah, he's next level. And, you know, even some of these athletes now, you, you, you know, even you guys, you know, what you do is just, man. It's I, absolutely I phenomenal. Get, yeah, I, I love it. I honestly love it. Even sitting here now and just like chatting to you and the other guys we've chatted to in the past few weeks, I'm just like, holy fuck, you know? So like, look at this dude, you know, he was that. You look at the views on YouTube and it's like two, three, four million views for doing like, you know, like the stuff they do and it's like, holy fuck. And here we are just like just shooting the shit. Cool. <laughs> but um, awesome. yeah, go back to the, the touring, you know, obviously you, we've been around the world, you, you know, yourself been around the world multiple times now and all these countries. Where has been your, you know, your, your most favourite show? Um, uh, well, I think the pinnacle has been Madison Square Garden. That was yeah. like, it doesn't really get much bigger than that in show business. But I think all the exotic ones really stand out, like the Japans and the South Africa's and uh, even like the Russia's, you know, like stuff, places that you just never think you'd go. And, um, yeah, really fell in love with like, especially South Africa and Japan. Yeah. Um, um pretty unreal. I'd like to touch on one, um, Saudi Arabia. Oh, yeah. How can you forget that? How can you Far forget out. that? I've, so. I've heard a little story that you guys went and visited someone's uh, nephew. <laughs> tell us. Yeah. Tell yeah. us. Well, well, you guys left, remember, and then I jumped in with the other security guard and I was like, I'm not missing out. That's Yeah, that's door. right. So, yeah, me, Trav, and James left with uh, – Who's James, sorry? Uh, James Foster. Oh, yep, yep, yep. We left with um, Bin Laden's nephew. And his name uh, was Faisal. Faisal. Faisal, great guy, absolute great guy. Faze Clan, <laughs> <laughs> and um, that's right. And then you, because uh, you, you weren't going to go, and then you end up going, and then that big giant uh, security guard gave you a lift out to yeah, the yeah. house. And uh, I'll let you tell a bit of the story. What what, what you remember? Because <laughs> you know, I, I ended up doing a podcast with Travis and. Uh, um, a couple of years ago, you know, talking about it. And it's, it was just one of those surreal experiences. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I missed out on the exotic car collection, um, but I come back, I come in as you guys are driving up in like a Bugatti and something else. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? I was in um, a, and then, yeah. Yeah, and then I remember we went up into the um, offices, eh? Yeah. And um, there was that, and there was that Boeing 747. <laughs> 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 This isn't normal, but um, uh, yeah, this is, yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty unreal. And then, like you said, awesome dudes. Yeah, did yeah. you ask? Did you ask him why he has a Boeing seven four seven simulator? We did. Well, he, his reasoning was is that every rich, uh, per, like it was, it, it was probably a ten fifteen year old simulator. So he said every rich person had one. But you know, being from the Bin Laden family, it was just, oh, it was Start just too just too, too coincidental. <laughs> So, um, but that was one that was, you know, out of all the nitro of times for me, that was one of the most memorable, you know, we're in the middle of Riyadh, yeah. you know, and I'm with Travis Pastrana and Jed Milton and James Foster with, uh, Bin Laden's <laughs> nephew. <laughs> what was your, um, so Matt, you obviously wrote the, the, uh, risk assessments for this. Yeah. What was, so obviously you were thinking, <laughs> mate, mate, we're not fucking going to there this. There was, you know, the funny thing is when Travis told me about it, I was like, uh, yeah, sweet man. We'll we'll go see this car collection. He's like, oh, but you won't like who it is. I'm like, what do you mean? Like who? And you know what, <laughs> Jed? You know what Trav's like. It's 
you could end up anywhere. Like, um, you, you know, I'm, surpri- I'm surprised we haven't been on Mars yet. Like, I'm sure it'll be, next, it'll be the next thing with Trav. But I'm just like, yeah, sweet. And then he told me, I'm like, you know what? It's probably not a good idea. We're in the middle of a, you know, fairly strict uh, Muslim country. There's, you know, you're American, so you're not liked too much. And you know, yeah. um, you know, us Aussies and Kiwis should be able to get away with it. But if anyone's going to get their head cut off, it's the yes, Americans. Yes, Travis. be on Al Jazeera and so orange jumpsuit. You know, playing through my mind a fair bit, and then we end up going, and it was, you know, it was a bit weird at the start before you rocked up, Jed. <laughs> so it was really weird. And we were having tea for about half an hour, and then we went down into you know check out these cars, and there was only about four cars there initially. And we're just like, is, oh, yeah. is that it? This is, it's a trap. It's a trap. This is it. This, this is the end. This is it. <laughs> they're going to put a jumpsuit on us and we're done. You go down, there's an AU Falcon. And they're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously they bring up that big car collection. And yeah, as I said, when you turned up, I'm in the car with Travis, like in a Bugatti with Travis. When Travis is still trying to turn off the traction control, I said, mate, come on, like it. Let's, <laughs> let's just, <laughs> I know you're a good driver and all, but let's not turn the, Traction control for Bugatti. What that's, year that's, did you guys go, go there to, to Saudi? That was 2017 or 18. Yeah, 17, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah it was pretty chill. And then over there. remember at yeah. the end of the show, Jed, uh, the rockets come in. Those, <laughs> they were shooting the rockets out of the sky. Oh, when we're doing the pack down. Right at the end of the show, these the the yeah. air raid sirens go off. No, no shit air like this. Just 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 to top it off. <laughs> you know, Yemen, Yemen trying to blow up the airport. Eh? Yeah, oh, yeah. Fired. So they fire these rockets, and yeah. I heard it straight away, and I heard the CRAM go off, which is the anti air yep. anti missile, and I I was like, I know exactly what that is, and it's weird, and it's a yeah. What is it? Uh, just to talk you through that, Jed, it's, uh, we have them in the Navy and they shoot, I think, 60 rounds a second, I'm pretty sure. Someone's probably out there going to be like, mate, you're fucking wrong. But um, I think it can shoot so fast because it's an electronic firing pin. And um, we have wow. them out to see when they shoot, it sounds just like a it, it is phenomenal. But, yeah, anyway, sorry. Yeah. So, obviously, that was, yeah, that was Saudi. It was, uh, that was cool. And it was fucking- <laughs> yeah, it was uh, actually a really good show too. And it was the first time actually that that crowd as well was uh, in Saudi Arabia was the first time males and females could sit together. In, That's in, right, in, yeah. In a show. So it was kind of a big historic moment. And Were we, they still separated? No, no, no. They, could, all they, could, they could sit together as co-ed. families. And yeah, uh, nice. the, the, the king, didn't they, not the king, the, the, prince. Son, the prince or someone turned up as well and – yeah, there's a few high high up people there. Yeah, yeah and yeah. The, and the funny thing is they all loved uh, Chris Haffey, the rollerblader. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> no one, no one cared about Travis. It was about the bone crusher. <laughs> Crazy. So, yeah. Anyway, well, back to um, you know touring. Um, you know, we we spoke about you know your favorite highlights of you know the touring. Um, what about you know let's let's go a little bit offline. You know, how about you know the the, sh- the shittiest time. The, the shitty had. parts, you know, like where you not, I wouldn't say your mental health starts to, you know, even your mental health does start to struggle and, you know, with, um, with touring, you know, people think it's all glamorous, I should say. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, it's, we're, living, we're yeah. living in buses sometimes, you know, and you know what it's like. Mm. So tell me what you think. Yeah. I, I don't know. I kind of, um, I feel like, I feel like I, I embraced it all, like a lot of it. But um, the only times that it kind of got overwhelming was like when we were doing, I think we did about 22, no, 37 shows through Western Europe and then 22 shows through America or something. Yeah. And the body starts packing down. Yeah. You know, it's like it just can't keep up with that like night in, night out. And I actually had like, 
I got home from that tour and I had a torn supraspinatus. Like my um, hip flexors were, were tearing. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. And like, and then it was only needed like a few weeks at home that um, I got to get back on track. But yeah, um, like mental mental health side of it, I think was always okay. Yeah. But um, it was just more the um, the physical side of it. Yeah. Like the body sometimes just starts packing in, and like, lucky we have all the physios and doctors and whatnot on tour. Yeah, of course. To like keep keep us in shape, but. There were a lot of times that you had to like get your shit together and you know stop drinking and you know stop stop sending it so much because it's like oh I think I'm doing this to myself I yeah, need to chill out exactly but um no nah, um like mental wise I think it's, it's always been all good um yeah. but yeah physically it kind of took a toll yeah a lot def- of the time but it, it didn't take long either to get up before being home that everything was starting to work again I was like oh I'm better again yeah sweet I just needed like. I just needed a week's rest. Yeah. Well, carrying on with that, um, let's touch on your injuries. You know, obviously um, BMX and, you know, doing what you do. Like I've seen you yourself, you know, concussed multiple times. Um, you know, that time, you know, not only you do BMX with uh, um, Nitro, you also do the contraptions, which is the stupid – the stupidest things, like I'm talking, these st- stretches on wheels and yeah, the, do, uh, the gurney you're in, the, the gurney fucking and, the hospital bed, uh, the, the lounge chair. <laughs> you had that big crash of the lounge chair, and the esky, massive concussion, the so fucking combi. If you can um, touch on your uh, your injuries, yeah, I've been um, reasonably lucky, like with them, especially like while touring. But um, I think one of the biggest ones I had was uh, we had six months off touring. No. No, we were just about to come back into touring, and it was the end. It was that 2015 year. I did the quad and like broke a whole lot of records at home, and it was the last day of the year, and I snapped my ankle off, and then I missed like 50 shows. I'm like, yeah. oh, but um, like, yeah. Funnily enough, I like broke it, and I was like, oh. and all of those thoughts went through my head, like, oh, you just got away the quad, you just got away all these records, and like, oh well, it's time for a break, like, fuck, and then that was the instant thought, but um. Off tour, like just recently this year, I actually had um, no. Last year, I actually had like just after COVID, some one of the biggest crashes ever. Um, not many people know about it, but I crashed and I got knocked out for the longest I've been knocked out. Yeah, I was right. asleep for three minutes, like <laughs> broke my nose, broke my thumb, um, and that took quite a lot to get over. Like I was like pretty cooked for about four months. Yeah, right. Um, just because of the head knock, like all the bones all heal. Yeah. But it was like my like mental health, like emotionally and just yeah. just a wreck. It took literally like four or five months to overcome it. Yeah, and, and like I was just so drained and like just on edge and just snappy and yeah, yeah. Like the first time I actually um, recognized it, like knew all about the mental, like the head knock stuff, but never actually properly experienced, experienced it. it. Yeah, or but yeah, until then, and then it was pretty ruthless. Like just with a new girlfriend at the time. I'm still with now, but um, she is always like touching base with people having hit their heads. Like, what the fuck's up with this guy? Like, is, <laughs> yeah. is everything going to be okay? And I'm just being an absolute prick. But yeah, um, right. yeah, um, yeah, kudos to her for still having me here. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, um, we spoke to yeah. Josh Sheen about the same thing, and you know, the he, you know, him as well, and you know, a lot of the other guys, massive injuries, broken backs, broken legs, broken everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you know, one of the biggest highlights, you know, of uh, you know, Josh speaking to us was talking about his concussion and how it put him into a bit of a, you know, a uh, bit of a lull, a bit of a lull on, yeah. you know, his mental mm. health and like how, you know, touchy the brain is. Like, it's just, 
It's it's really it's depressing, yeah, yeah, virtually. Yeah. It's scary because, yeah. um, you know, and as I said to Josh, you know, we, lucky these days, you know, concussion is almost put in priority in front of most of the injuries now because, you know, you know, yeah. Nitro, we have a pretty strict uh, concussion protocol now, which is, you know, you guys yeah. get knocked out and we're just like, you know what, that's it. You know, you probably miss out the next couple of shows until, you know, you get passed yeah, right. through the test. Yeah, yeah just right. similar to the football. Yeah, they definitely. Go, they go through concussion testing. HIA, yeah, yeah, head yeah. injury assessment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah. <clears throat> All right, uh, let's uh, move up to 2015. So you are attempting the quad backflip and that was at Franklin Farm? Was that yeah, a, in the, in the yep. beginning, yeah. Yep, that yep. was on the yeah, yeah, and um, and you, I remember watching the video, and you just couldn't get it. You were going to do it um, concurrently or concurrently, sorry, with uh, James Foster when he was at Travis's house. So you got to do it at the same time, basically a countdown. Obviously, the top time zones were different, but you couldn't attempt it because of the wind and the rain. And then James attempted it. You gave him, yeah, mate, I'm all, I'm all happy for you to do it. And then he, I think, bailed. I think he busted twice or three times, and he broke his collarbone. I think. When he tried, yeah, uh, ribs, yeah, ribs. Sorry, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. then you went to New, uh, then you went to Travis's house uh, a few months later. In the same yeah, yeah. time, uh, Sheen was there as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hectic. Talk us, talk us through that. So obviously, Josh was there doing his his thing, and then he done his uh, triple backflip, and then a few days later, they sort of uh, set the ramps up again and re- rearranged them for you to do your quad backflip. Um, yeah, well, um, before like from the New Zealand stuff, like I pretty much pulled out indefinitely. Uh, no, I wasn't giving up. It was yeah. just like so overwhelming, like the whole process. And like, we spent months trying to do it. And then in the end, I was just like, oh, I just need a break. I'm walking away. And then um, that whole trip to America came back up. Um, and I decided to go there. But before I went there, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm okay going there and not doing it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy just to walk away from all of this, not doing it. So then when I made that decision, it was like I just had this big weight come off my shoulders. Yeah. Like I was prepared to um give it I was a prepared James to or, not do it. Like yeah. yeah, I was prepared to not do it, but I was gonna put everything in my power to um to practice it as much as I could. And then I feel like that was the turning point. Um and then yeah, went there and James has already figured it out on that setup. So it was just a matter of going there and applying myself yeah. like as as much as I could and I'm um, just going through the pro or not going through the processes, but yeah, just literally applying myself and, and doing exactly what I know, but I knew, but I'd taken that whole, um, it didn't matter if I didn't do it away. I was happy to go there and not do it. Just I think that a was crack. a big turning point. Yeah. Like if that makes sense. No, gotcha. Gotcha. And obviously you were there when, uh, Josh stomped his triple. So yeah, 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 that yeah, would have yeah, given yeah. you that, that given you, you know, like that would the high off that, you know, obviously the first ever and probably, I don't know when the next person well, will do one, but you know. Well, Josh I mean? is one of the pe- one of the ones that um, actually put, kicked my A into G. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> right. um, when I was like riding, I didn't want to put the twenty one foot takeoff in. I was just putting this 15, fourteen foot, and I was kind of just going for. I was just playing around on it really. And then Josh come down one, oh, and then I turned up one day, and Josh had initiated the guys to take that away and put this big one in, so I could get the proper practice in. He's like, yeah, right. "Not here to do that. You here to do this." And I'm like, "Oh, fuck, okay." It's time to step up, and then yeah, and then as soon as that happened, it was only like a couple of days, and I started doing it. So yeah, Josh is definitely a big part in that whole project. He kind of kicked my hand to G, but yeah, yeah, it was pretty unreal seeing Josh. I don't know, like third gear tapped, hitting that jump, going yeah, like a hundred yeah, feet, saying. thirty meters or something in the air. Yeah, like he was not. going higher than me on my rolling, <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, yeah. whoa, absolutely next so level. It was pretty motivational. That, that type of stuff happens in the show. I'll be shitting myself on a trick, <laughs> and then I'll see one of the dirt bike boys drop. I uh, come in and do 
do a trick like a Bilko do a three sixty. I'm like, oh, he can do it on a dirt bike. I can do that on my BMX right now. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's epic having that type of motivation with those dirt bike guys because yeah, they're a whole another level of uh, yeah they're freestyle. Animals. So when did you? Um, yeah. It's obviously uh, you cracked out the the quad, and then you know what was the feeling after you you, you did it? But that was it. Job's done, sort of. It thing. was, it was unreal. It was like it was like an emotional overload. Like, and it's quite funny with all the like different things that you do. I always picture, um, like it's one thing to picture the trick and picture how it's going to come, how it's going to go, but I always picture the success. You know, and then what's going to happen afterwards. And when I was picturing the success of the quad flip, I couldn't, the whole like nine months or few years of picturing it, I couldn't get past like an emotional breakdown of like, because I was so hard in my mind, like trying to do it, that when I do it, then, I, then yeah, when I do it, I'd always like break down in the thinking about it. Yeah. And then when I actually did it, that's what happened. I'm like, oh, I pictured this part. I need to override it. Oh. No, and then it's kind of an emotional breakdown. It does help. Screw it, write it. Yeah, it yeah. And yeah. Um, you know, is, is there anything after the quad? Like, is, does it go further? Yeah, fine. <laughs> could you? Like, nah. If you had a, if the, the ramp was uh, big enough, though, could you? Could you bang out five? Uh I reckon Schmitty could. He's pretty. Schmitty's pretty taken it to the next level, hasn't he? What about James? Yeah. James could definitely do four. He could probably do five if he put his mind to it. But no, I, I, I from that moment, um, was kind of satisfied and I just thought that it would just be neat to then now just pass on the knowledge and like help other people, yeah, you know, nice. be, able, be able to do it. Like in the weekend we had another kid do a backflip yeah. and that feels like I'm doing a backflip for the first time. So I think um, just venturing down that road has been real successful, yeah, real yeah. real rewarding and real giving, like. Yeah, it's all about the you next got the, now. You got the Franklin Farm going. I just watched a video before as well. Um, it's like a tra- training camp. It's like, a, um, it's like a coaching school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then I just started um, the Air Stunt Academy. Yes. And um, I got these two uh, DD airbags that Toddy makes. Yeah. And um, basically shout, means shout I can top, take mate. that facility anywhere. Yeah. So I got a flat bag and then a landing bag and then, yeah, just can take it to people and um, started with birthday parties the other week, like uh, 10, pretty, pretty neat. Yeah. Um, 13, 10 year, uh, eight to 10 year old kids and they were shitting themselves and they turned up to home, but then they all ended up jumping it. And then the 40 year old dad jumped it and then the 74, <laughs> and then the 74 year old granddad jumped it. No. <laughs> yeah. It was like, did he sign some waivers? Oh, yeah, this works. This works. <laughs> Man, let's do it. Yeah. There, yeah. there you go. There's the motivation and inspiration that you, you, you Obviously, you display and you give out. You know what I mean. So it's it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty neat. And uh, so, so that's 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 what's next after the quad, just giving back and helping people. Yeah, yeah, sick man. And awesome. um, 2021 or this year, the barrel roll world's first double barrel roll. Double, double. double. Sorry. There you go. Forgot to top that in. Sorry, Matt. <laughs> is that is that anywhere we can see? Where did where did you do that at Franklin Farm? Uh, Nitro. Did you? Yeah, right. What show was that? I did it. At, I did it at Nitro, but then we posted it, and then um, all the rest of the world jumped in. There was another guy that actually did it like five years before. What's his name? But uh, Thomas did. All right, I'll uh, break his legs um, for you. I thought he'd only done it on a mountain bike, <laughs> but um, he did do it on a BMX. I'm like, oh. but, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Barbara. right. Barbara. Sorry, Tom, but <laughs> it was the first at Nitro on the Gigano ramp, mate. That's it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, what other what other um, adventures do you have planned? Um, do you, obviously, with the with the world being the way it is at the moment, uh, are you are you keen to get back into the Nitro Circus tour, or are you happy staying at the farm uh, and just teaching kids for the uh, for the what is it Sky Stunt Academy? Is that the one you sorry? The, the air the air, air Stunt Academy. Air stunt Academy oh, no, I'm pro- I mean, I'll always take not take Nitro if the email comes and there's some yeah. flights in the email. I'm like, I mean, I think all of us would, you know, yeah, would be so not now. to. But um, just for now. Uh, just yeah, just redirecting it with um, giving back and passing back. And um, God, I actually signed up to um, school <laughs> in my first class the other week. Learning yeah, right. Maldi. What yeah, are you right. studying? Yeah, uh, learning Maori, uh, native language. Yep, yep. Yeah, um, and then yeah, not yeah. I'm just kind of focusing on that the whole school thing at the moment. Um, yeah, there's a few other bits and pieces going on, but we'll just see how they all fall into place. But yeah, yeah. Um, this this is a question I haven't asked one of our guests before. What was your first impression of Matt when you met him, and where did you where did where did you meet him at? Because Matt told me a story before about you guys in uh, Stockholm. I think. No, I think we're in the US somewhere. And You're in the airport with you, you with Harry Bink, <laughs> just obviously still intoxicated, being assholes. And uh, I pulled you all. I've pulled you all into line a few times, but this is one I was very cross, very cross, like a cross brother or dad. You know, telling you to put your shirts back on and get on the bus and shut up, and sit down. I vaguely remember that. Yeah, I think it was in yeah, the US. Too, I'm pretty sure. You're too pissed. Was it the US? Oh, I might have been. Stopped, I don't know. Might have, might have been Sweden or something. Might, I can't remember. It was somewhere where we shouldn't have been acting like you were acting. So I pulled you back into line. Well, we're we're very lucky to have you. <laughs> we don't mean to be silly, but I mean, when all of our types of egos get together and alcohol gets kicked in, we're all trying to just be more stupid than each other. It's kind of um, yeah. I think we I think we'd be in a lot worse off positions if we didn't have you around, Matt. But um, no, first impressions. Well, where did you? That, that, you guy, that guy's a big motherfucker. Uh, I, I met you. <laughs> I, I started touring in. Uh, 2013, 2014, when you first started as well. So it's been a while. Well, um, yeah. Oh, I, in the beginning, um, I feel like we're both pretty quiet. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like, and then probably probably trying to find our find our grounds and yeah, and I think it was about where we stand, kind of thing. Yeah, like, probably about 2015. And then when, like you say, then when alcohol gets kicked in, you yeah. become a fucking retard. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, late 2014, 2015 is when I started. Uh, gripping. Yeah, because it wasn't in the beginning, eh? Because Christian, I, I remember. Yeah, was a, 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 yeah. Rest in, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but no, very humble man. Yeah. And, um, and I was saying to Shane before, you know, um, you know, in regards to yourself, you know, um, you know, after a show, this is one thing that you probably just do. You, you wouldn't think that you do it, but you're the only one that comes around and basically goes around and thanks every staff member out there and shakes your hand and say thanks. Like it's it's humbling and you know, especially coming from some of your stature, it's uh, yeah, it's awesome. It's it's the Anzac spirit. It is Anzac spirit. Yeah, it's just such a rewarding moment. It's like you know, you're like, ah, oh, you're we're alive, we're finished. Yeah. Oh. yeah, And then there's so many people at play that it's like that's the least that we can do. Yeah, you know? no, appreciate it, appreciate it. And and you and you probably know when we're having a shit day because it never it doesn't happen. <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> I'm fucking fucked. I need to go to the changing room. <laughs> <laughs> Jed, what's been one yeah. of the most uh, favourite after parties or the most like wild after party? Hmm. <laughs> oh, those Macau's Macau's were pretty wild because um, 
China, there just seemed to be no rules. Yeah. yeah. And the Ch- <laughs> then the Chinese were just like, oh, yeah, hold on. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, Macau's were pretty wild. Yeah. And because we're in one building. And yeah. Yeah. Where do you guys go back to the hotel to lobby or do you go back to like a, a function center or where do you go for, for the, these parties? Are they all, they're obviously like pre-set up like before the, yeah. the show? Yeah. Well, it, actually, it, I'm one of the ones that actually sets the after parties. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's normally me and Nate that'll go in and speak to them and, you know, hustle up a deal between us and blah, 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 give tickets away if we need be yeah. for, you know, an extra booze tab for the boys and – um yeah, generally it's uh, in the hotel lobby sometimes. If if we're too late or we're doing a, a quick switch over, we'll just do a hotel lobby, which I dislike. They're the, the best. Can you imagine? The ones yeah, we like the they're most. the best, yeah. but they're the worst for me yeah. because it pisses off the ho- hotels. I was going to say. lose their shit. Can you imagine there where you found it, this like, beautiful five-star hotel and there's like 20 years motocross and fucking BMX dudes oh, just absolutely just letting it and rip. And there's been many of those parties in the hotels. They, they're forever calling my room going – can you get these guys sorted? At Mr. Four, Morris, can you come yeah, down and talk them out, Four please? o'clock in the morning, someone be in the room, they're yelling, they're, <laughs> there's smashed <laughs> smashed windows and blood everywhere. It's like, <laughs> what happened in these rooms? Who is the biggest <laughs> pest? Sure, it's uh, Bill K for sure. <laughs> well, it was a you, Jed. There's heaps of, there's heaps of, heaps of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're all pests. <laughs> um, Nitro's the first time. In my drinking career, I'd ever been blacked out. <laughs> my drinking that happened quite a few times, yeah. <laughs> I've never blacked out before drinking, and then next minute, would, um, these nitro parties where it's unlimited alcohol, yeah, and you couldn't control yourself, and it's always like, yeah, please, can I have three shots and that thing? And then next minute, wake up in the morning, I'm like, uh, and then see everyone in the morning, and no one seems to be blinking an eyelid. Like, okay, must be all right. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is, what did you do, do today bike wise? Did you go on the, on the, on the bike, on the ramps or what's the everyday life for uh, Jed? Uh, we've actually, we're running the park nationals in three weekends. So I was just down the skate park, freshening up with some of the kids. Yeah. Yeah, nice. When you, when you run up to the skate park, the, the kids like, holy fuck, this fucking Jed. Or they just sort of like, they're too scared to come up to you. It's happening more now than it ever did before. Yeah. Right. First time in the supermarket the other day ever, a guy asked my photo waiting in the checkout line, and that's never ever happened. Yeah, right. It's, I'm not sure what it is. It's, I was yeah, saying it's cool. to my um, physio friend the other day, like, this is happening hard out. And she's like, yeah, it's because you're now letting people in. Yeah. And I'm like, what? She's like, well, before you're just like wanting to hide and then cruise off to the Franklin farm and then you back off on tour. Yeah. It's almost like you weren't letting people in, and now you're stuck, you're, you're here, and we're not stuck here, but you're here at home. and you got no choice. You're letting them in. I was like, but I don't. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I didn't ever think of it that way. But yeah. I, I guess there is something in that because it's happening more than ever now. I'm like, yeah, it's sick going to the skate park with um, all the kids. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. Do you absolutely just like shred them up though? When when the, when the kid does something basic, you're like, yeah, whatever, boy. And you just come here and just like te- tear it up. <laughs> <laughs> no. no, no. I'm actually on the. I'm actually painted on the toilets at my local skate park. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's nice. pretty nice. I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So this one, these one kids are going, "Are you famous?" I'm like, "No, no, no, no." And then the other kid goes, "Yeah, he's up there on the toilet." Like, yeah, that's not you. I'm like, oh, you know, it's not me. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty funny. You, you made it then. Yeah. 
Yes. Yeah. Hey, just one thing I noticed before, I was reading some of your bios, you said that you had to get uh, Maccas to save up, or sorry, to fund for a Guinness World Record attempt. So when you go for a Guinness World Record, do you have to foot, foot the bill for the um, adjudicator to come out, or how, how does it all work? Yeah. Yeah, so those are those are Guinnesses on the wall yep. behind me. Yeah, um, for the Franklin Farm, the Dirt to Dirt records. Yep, um, they were all eight hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, well, um, okay. Yeah, and then it's like two to five grand, I think, to get adjudicator on site. Wow, and Jesus. then um, it's free. They say it's free <laughs> if you um, wait the two months to get it um, adjudicated or whatever yeah. it's called or accepted. But whenever I've done that, they've never accepted them. And all these ones I paid for and they accepted everyone. They should refund you once you stomp the trick as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Assholes. What's that other um, thing besides to the right of your head with the uh, purple oh, yeah. uh, taekwondo or something? I did, my, um, I did my black belt last year. Yeah, right. And, uh, the Dow Shield. Yeah. Wow. So that's what kept me going through lockdown. Yeah, nice, man. Nice. Cobra Kai. Yeah. Sweep the leg, yeah. Johnny. <laughs> well, you remember, you remember my friend Ian? Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I um, went under him, yeah. Ah, and he's interesting. Like, he's got 10 black belts and 10 martial arts. Yeah, yeah. And um, they're, mostly, they're mostly eighth to tenth done. Yeah. And then that one, the Dow Shield that we uh, train in, it's his culmination of all the black belts together. So he's And, it, and it's got a PhD in it. Wow. Yeah. So he's a doctor. So it's his own martial well, it's his own martial yeah. art called the Dow that's, Shield. That's awesome. That's awesome. I have that's to check it out. When, that is when incredible. It's, prote- it's protection. It's basically just protection and, and movement. Yeah, of course. More so than more so than finish. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, we've been talking for a while now and, you know, always appreciated when we're talking to you. So we've just got, a, you know, one or two more questions, you know, a bit deeper. You know, uh, where does Jed see himself, you know, over the next few years? Obviously, you talked about you uh, running your academy and, you know, helping out the next generation of athletes. So, you know, what else do you see? Off the grid, on an island, peaced out, <laughs> eating eating my own veggies and, and fruit and, and meat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you do. Um, you, I don't know. You do have your own veggie that's patch. The new, that's the new Kiwi dream, they call it. Yeah. The new white picket fence is um, off the grid. But, uh, mm. yeah, I I don't know. I, I I guess that's probably what I should have as, a, as, some, as some dreams in that way. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. We could. Uh, we, I mean, everyone's yeah. Dreams is peace, love, and happiness. But, yeah. Uh, who knows, really? Um, yeah, I'm not really. I don't have really, really have too much expectation. I was. I'm kind of still getting over this whole like COVID thing. <laughs> yeah, um, man. The whole resetting it's... of like having everything like semi taken away. Yeah. You know, like what we're used to. Like I was, pre- I was prepared to do that until I was forty, kind of thing. You know. Yeah. Well, even even and some, but. Um, yeah, there's a few things in place, but just not sure which direction or, um, yeah, what exactly to focus on. Uh, yeah. Keep the writing up, obviously. There's yeah, the sure. show stuff happening in New Zealand. Like we're cranking it. Um, it'd be nice to get some more events, like some more, more of my own events, you know, yeah. some more um, national things and um, some mega dirt worlds and stuff. But yeah, yeah cool. I'm not sure. Happy days. To be honest. <laughs> uh, you got plenty of time yeah. to figure it out. Go with the flow. Still young. Oh, well, well, we could say go with the flow, but that's what I do anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I've just kind of been in the in the flow for quite a while, yeah, and it's still good. That's why I really don't, when you ask that question, or I see myself in a few years, other than being in the flow, I'm yeah. not sure, yeah. Hey, that's that's yeah. that's that's a good answer, man. Like, at the end mm. of the day, you don't know if you're going to live you know, tomorrow, so live the present. Yeah, 100%. 
That's all. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, one last one. You know, um, let's just say, you know, obviously this podcast is about motivating people and giving, you know, people inspiration to, you know, complete their tasks and take, you know, shit to the next level and turn it up like you guys do. What if, you know, you know, what could you say to people to, you know, to make them complete their goals and smash, you know, whatever they've set, you know, what motivating factors can you give them? Kids, um, whoever. But kind of really the only thing we can do is kind of just take one step at a time, you know, learn from every um, possible situation that we encounter, like whether it's um, a, a good or bad, like well, it's never really bad if you're learning, you know, and yeah. as long as you're taking that um, and able to take the next step then you, and learn from what happened in the last step, then then you can keep moving forward. And then, yeah, just keep being keep being nice and and doing your thing and just being honest to yourself. And you know, when we get taught everything from a young age, like the whole morals and respect and yeah, you know, sure. treat other how we want to be treated and all that, yeah, hoo ha and stuff. But um, I think it's really important um, now than than ever, and um, especially for ourselves, like or, or each other, like moving forward. Um, yeah, just gotta yeah, uh, just take one step at a time and. Be true to yourself. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Awesome answer, man. And again, um, yeah, pr- appreciate you uh, accepting to come on. And it's always good to see you, man. And, you know, we've I've emailed and spoken to you over the last, you know, few months, especially during COVID, uh, check in on yeah, all you guys. That, yeah, appreciate that. No, you know, I've got to, you know, it's part of the job, you know, to check in on all you guys as well. Because um, I guess you're all going stir crazy and want to get back on tour, as, you know, as I do, you know, at the, at, at the end of the day. So, yeah, again, man, appreciate it and uh, take care. Yeah, thank, thanks for thinking to me for this. It was cool. No worries, brother. Yeah. Very thanks Quite for the uh, chat, Jed. Legend. Yeah. No, you guys are mad dogs. True. Keep it up. Thanks, man. All right, brother. Take care. Cheers. See you. Wait, wait, wait. Now, quickly, just before you go, I want to tell you about Three Zeros Coffee. Now, as you know, I like my coffee how I like my men, long and black. <laughs> However... Lately, I've moved into the cold brews. I'm loving it, obviously, because the weather here in Australia at the moment is quite hot. So what I've been doing is using the seasoned campaigner pour-over filter bags. Literally rip open the packet, put the filter bag over my coffee mug, a few ice cubes, pour in some hot water, let it cool down, add a sugar or two just to make it sweet, and I fucking love them. Honestly, you get the kick that you need out of the caffeine, and the taste is great. So if you want to get yourself a supply of coffee, head over to 30scoffee.com.au. From there, you can choose whatever you want. You've got the beans, you've got the pour-over filter bags, got some merchandise. And just to let you know that a percentage of their sales is forwarded to organizations that support first responders. So while you're getting your coffee, you're doing a good deed by getting some of this money to the first responders and where it needs to go. While you're there, don't forget to use the discount code 3ZLIMITS. Now look in our bio, you see that discount code, use it. Get your discounts. So again, jump onto 30scoffee.com.au and grab yourself a supply.